0: The Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash. Hustle and Faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustle and Faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services marketing consulting, podcast research, content marketing, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. In this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jay Marie. Jay Marie is the founder of Jay Marie Premium Sneakers. Jay Marie Premium Sneakers are 100% Italian leather with premium finishes like faux zebra, crocodile, and python in vibrant colors. These sneakers can be dressed up or down and are handcrafted in Italy. Welcome to the show, Jay Marie.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name is Jay Marie, founder of Jay Marie Premium Sneakers. It's a brand I started April of 2019. Um, funny story, well, interesting story. I was a heel advocate. <laughs> you could never get me dead in gym shoes or mm-hmm. um, jeans. I thought it was very masculine And um, after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I longed for comfort and just kind of started dressing different and and exploring different style profiles. And I wanted to start wearing more comfortable footwear and clothing. Um, Initially, it started off as me having sneakers made for myself. And I started getting so many compliments, I just decided to turn it into a business. So here we are with J. Marie Premium Sneakers.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, that that is such an interesting story. And I have to take some uh, liberty here. So you didn't like sneakers at first, huh? No,
1: not at all. In fact, I I remember dating different guys. Well, not different guys. Same guy. Yeah for a long time and i'm um, even have four brothers and they would always try to get me to wear like different sneakers even purchase me shoes and i would they would stay in the box forever because i'm like i don't i don't want to wear that yeah. um, so i, I actually remembered the three pair of sneakers that i did own in my entire life that was a pair of converse chucks when they were first came out the all Stars. okay um What woman didn't have a pair of all-white caseless or all-white Air Force Ones? Those are the only three sneakers I ever owned in my life prior to Mm -hmm. my brand.
0: Okay, okay. So what inspired you to create a premium sneaker brand? So I understand your desire for comfort, but Mm -hmm. not many people take it to the next level (laughs) and create their own brand.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to, well, like I said, I was getting so many compliments. It was just kind of like a no brainer to turn it into a business. But where the premium aspect came in at was, I always, I'm a a firm believer that if you're going to put your name on something, you want to definitely make sure it represents you well. So I knew very early on that I wanted it to be a high-end brand Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be quality products and materials. So that was something that was a non-negotiable for me. So I just decided to hold myself accountable by putting it in the title to even say, this is what this brand is about. This is what I'm going to, you know, this is what you can expect when you purchase a pair of my sneakers. It's going to be premium. premium. It, it is my namesake. My name is Danielle, middle name Marie. So it's my name actually. So it's like, mm-hmm. who wants to put out a trash product using their own name?
0: True, 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 true. So how long does it take for you to create a sneaker?
1: Well, it, it kind of depends on, on what I'm trying to go for. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that we're even talking about design because I actually posted something on my um, social today about one of the sneakers that I have on my line that actually seems to be a fan favorite. It's called Wild Thoughts. And I thought to share the story behind where mm-hmm. Wild Thoughts came from. So it's like a pink and um, glittered and zebra print trainer with a black bottom. And it was actually created in 2019. But the story of where I got the idea from actually stemmed from 2017. So I'm just giving dates and giving this example to show like the time frame of how, how a design can go. That particular sneaker, it's called Wild Thoughts. And the reason it's called Wild Thoughts is because it was actually created. It, I created it, reminiscent of a trip that I had took to San Juan Puerto Rico in 2017 Mm. and that summer everywhere was playing Rihanna and DJ Khaled's Wild (laughs) Thoughts and it's like (laughs) um, in the streets of Puerto Rico everyone was like partying and I just always remember seen like glimmering um glimmering glitter because it seemed like that particular summer every female was wearing like something with glitter in it or some shade of pink so that just kind of stuck out to me and those colors and that vibe was just something that I, I'll never forget so fast forward to 2019 so that's a two-year time gap so that I can just go to show you how long it can take sometimes for a design to come about um, we were, I had just launched my business and we were in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody was locked indoors, of course. <laughs> we, yeah. we couldn't go anywhere. And I was longing for not even just a vacation, but just to get out of the house. So I just started doing just sketches, thinking about when I went to Puerto Rico and then that, that particular sneaker came about. So on the con- on the conceptual side of things, it kind of came across very quickly because you know, I was just sketching and making different um swatches of materials that kind of reminded me of being there. And then once that part was over with putting it together as far as getting it created um is rather quickly, but like I said, it could, it can span from like different memories of something that was years ago. Yeah. And then me kind of collecting things that kind of bring that thought into fruition. So that process can be very long, but then once all of that, once the mood board, what I call it, is created, it's pretty quick from there. I would say less than a month.
0: Wait a minute, less than a month, it takes you to create a sneaker?
1: Yes. So Mm -hmm. I work with a family that's actually world-renowned for premium footwear in Marche, Italy. It's actually one of the regions in the world that is known for Italian leather and um, high-end footwear. They actually do a lot of designs for household names that we all come to know and love. I don't want to name them, but we all whatever okay. premium brand comes to mind when you think of footwear. They've done the designs for them. So once you get the sketches, and they call them a a um, a sketch pack. Like once you get those things to them, and you have all of your things together, such as the swatches, the material. The sketching, if they don't have to, if there doesn't have to be like a back and forth of, well, do you prefer this over that? Or can we change this versus this? It's pretty quickly because all it consists of is creating the pattern and then putting that pattern together. Once a person orders their sneakers off of our website, they'll have it in on their door front in seven to 15 business days and it's handcrafted.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So many questions now. Um, (laughs) One, how in the world were you, I I have to ask this and forgive me if this sounds ignorant, but do you speak the language or how has there been a language barrier? The whole logistics that, that, that is amazing to me.
1: Yeah. So actually, no, I don't speak the language, never been in Italy ever in my life. And that just, is a testament to how great technology is nowadays. Yes. Even if there is a language barrier, there are so many different apps where translation is a breeze. Like a lot of times, if you have a phone, you don't even need to speak another language because you can literally yeah. have conversation filtered through an app and translate everything that they're saying so it's almost like you guys are speaking with each other in each other's native language so it's pretty fascinating and as far as logistics this is something that like this family has been around for over 120 years and they I don't know if people know this it, it almost brings me back or make me think about When Kanye West was, you know, when everyone was saying he was spiraling out of control and he was having those conversations Mm -hmm. about um, trying to find different, basically trying to bring to light the conversation of why are there monopolies over certain industries? And I don't know if consumers know this, but when it comes to clothing, when it comes to footwear, especially in the high-end markets in European fashion, there are families that are over that and it can't be penetrated. So it's either like you're going to be working with them in some aspect, whether it's sourcing material or whether it is getting the actual product made. So it's it's almost like every brand that that's a high-end brand works with this one particular family in Marche, Italy. So they, they've already mastered and developed a logistic program that works because they've been doing it for over 120 years.
0: Wow. Kudos to you for figuring out, you know, being able to get in touch with this family and,
1: and just being able
0: to break through that because as someone who, So my background is like marketing communications. A long time ago, I used to work in the hair care industry, and I know how difficult that is to source products. Mm -hmm. So I I, I just wanted to say, you know, kudos to you for figuring that out.
1: Thank you. you. That's not easy. Yeah, that's so true. And it, it definitely, I, I attribute it to being a person who's just always inquisitive. Like I'm always trying to figure things out. Like I'm the person who I'm always read the back of products or the back of yep. labels and trying to source and say, where did this come from? Or well, who is this from? Who made this? So I, I attribute that curiosity and that um, personality trait to being able to to get into a position like this, because I've always been very inquisitive about where things come from. Even when I was an avid heel wearer, I was always into the back end of fashion. I was into fashion, but more so into, you know, where did they get this material from? Or who made this? Or, you know, because I would say my fashion icons are like the Sophia Webster's, the Betsy Johnson. and um uh, giuseppe different brands like that and i would always be curious to be like wow where did they get this design from or where did they source this particular piece from so that's always something i always just made mental notes of and it, it at the time when i was doing it it wasn't even with the intention of using it in my own business one day it was just that's just something i always did
0: wow I learned a lot right there. Um, (laughs) That that was a lot. So let me ask you this. What do you feel is the most difficult aspect of creating a sneaker? Is it coming up with the product board design? Is it the sourcing? What is the most difficult aspect?
1: All of that to me comes relatively easy. And the Mm -hmm. difficult aspect comes, I guess you can say, from a sourcing standpoint is figuring out how do I accomplish what it is I'm going for and staying within a price point that is feasible for my target market. That's the first obstacle. And then the second one would be once that, that sneaker is created as a brand new company is being able to bring that to the market and kind of have people understand the, the, um I guess the premium aspect of it. Cause I think we've been socialized to view indie brands or new companies or small companies. We don't usually equate that with value. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when from a marketing standpoint, a lot of luxury brands, they're able to have these elaborate marketing budgets and they can have like, you know, photo shoots in Italy and photo shoots on yachts and different things like that. But as a new brand and you have limited access to capital, you're not able to do that. So the, the challenge comes from how do I market this as a premium luxury brand without that budget? And so I think those are my biggest obstacles when it comes to, I, that's not necessarily in the design aspect of it, it's kind of like after the design aspect. Hmm, okay.
0: That's that, that's interesting. Um, I'm just soaking this in because you're you're the first person I've ever. And this is super interesting to me. So
1: <laughs> awesome! Oh, I, well, I, it really
0: I, is. I've never met anyone in the shoe industry, and this is a whole other uh, oh, a whole nother world that I've I've never been exposed to. So it's yeah, it's,
1: it's actually a very um, it's an industry where the rabbit hole can go very deep, especially when you're talking about high end fashion because there's yeah. so many nuances that a lot of people don't don't even consider you know there's so many things even from the monopoly of the whole industry yeah. Um, speaking of obstacles another obstacle is just even being a female in the sneaker industry because it is a heavily male dominated as well as sports dominated mm. industry especially when you think about sneakers because that's always how you know yeah. we been introduced to 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 brands is through sports or through you know a male counterpart so just doing being a female in the space is challenging because it's something that's different it's new
0: definitely definitely so you've created quite a few different uh sneakers in your day what is your favorite sneaker print and material and why
1: <laughs> I think if anybody checked out the website and looked at the the line, they would pretty cu- quickly come to the conclusion <laughs> what my favorite material is both uh. in every sneaker, and that's a zebra print. um I would say that that is my favorite. I don't know. I've always been. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not like this crazy zebra lady who's, you know, looking adopt yeah. to a zebra or always like going out trying to find a zebra or anything like that. But I've always been fascinated with zebras. I just think it's such a regal print. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever been able to visit a place where they just see like a... a a group of zebras and just those different patterns because all zebras, they even though it's that black and white, it could be a number of different patterns. They can yes. go like, different ways. So to see a group of them together is just a very fascinating um, visual, and that's just something that that always sticks to me. I'm, I'm always into animal prints, but I think that is kind of high on my list because it's fascinating to me. How each zebra can just have a different print. It's all the same colorway, but it could just be a different pattern. And so it, that's one of my favorite prints. I would say is zebra print.
0: Very cool. So I've looked at your website, and you do have different types of sneakers. Is there one um, particular design that you love the most, or has the most? Um, kind of like a story that you embrace with it, or or I know you said wild thoughts, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but do you have any mm-hmm. others?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's a great question, too, because it's so hard to choose a favorite. Sure. Really <laughs> but I would say that my favorite design is Azotica, and that's a um, white Italian leather ru- trainer, and it has a red bottom with faux um, zebra accents and a bright red Cotton lace, and I say that that's my favorite because one of the reasons why I did not like wearing sneakers in the past is because I always felt like I had big feet. I wear a size nine, and that's all I seen when I wore a sneaker was like, "Oh my god, my feet look huge!" <laughs> <Like> I just <laughs> always felt like my feet were so big or look big anyway. I don't know if it was the the types of designs I was trying. I don't know. Like I said. Um, other people would always try to buy me things. It wasn't something I always bought. So I guess that's why it always happened that way. They, yep. they really pay attention to what fits for me versus giving me something that they like. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, got it. Got so, it. <laughs> And apparently I must be a sasquatch because I'm like nine and a half, ten. It depends on the
1: style. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? That's not even that's not even big, you know. Now that no, it's I, not. I design my own sneakers, I realize that it's about how the shoe is made, you know. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's why exotica is my favorite because it has this very cool slimming effect on your 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 foot because a mm-hmm. lot of times certain ways that sneakers are made, it can make your feet look wider than they are. So that particular sneaker, is slims the foot down. So it's like, that's the first time I ever put on a sneaker and just like, ah, my foot looks small in these shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It just instantly became my favorite because it was just like, wow, I love the way this this makes my foot look slender.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So are there artists or brands that you would love to collaborate with in the future?
1: Absolutely. I don't even know if it would be attainable. I don't know if they're even still in, in the field in that aspect. But a lot of people always say that my sneakers remind them of Betsy Johnson. And I always thought that that was interesting because Ooh. she is a, um, a person who inspires me, as I mentioned earlier, along with Sophie's Sophia Webster so that would be like a dream collab you know Betsy Johnson and Jay Marie it was like a lot of her style aspects and just the way she creates things or who, who's ever on her creative team mm-hmm. we kind of have similar styles and it would be interesting to see how that will play out um other than that not really that that would be like my only one because I I love like the colors that she used I love Mm -hmm. the playfulness in her designs and I think that we have similar yet different design styles because I I think that by me being from like a city like Detroit you Mm -hmm. have like a little of the grit put into it and I think seeing those two aspects come together would be interesting.
0: Let me ask you this so I know your your line primarily focuses on women would you ever consider extending it to men?
1: Actually, there is a men's sneaker on the line. I did a collab with a... Did I miss that? Uh, oh, it, it, You know what? It don't feel bad because it's actually hard to miss. Because I will say this. It's not something I push a lot because I don't... Um, I, it's only one. And then okay. there are some sneakers that are unisex. Okay. So the one sneaker that is primarily for men, it's not unisex, it's just for men only, it's, it's a sneaker called Cobra. It's a collab that I did with a music group, Cobra Enterprises, and uh, we just kind of did a collab. One of the artists on that label, his artist name is Cobra, and you know he was just interested in doing a collaboration and making a sneaker, but he didn't want to put all of his resources into launching his own brand, so he kind of just wanted to do a collaboration and drop a sneaker on someone else's line, so that was the aftermath of that. Um, and I think that, um, I don't know if I would do, do a full men's line. And the reason why I say that is because that I'm not a, you know, a male, obviously, and I wouldn't know what men are looking for. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. I I can only
1: design from, from an aspect of you know what I like, or what I think women would like, or some of the the things that I like as a woman. And I don't think that I have the expertise or the opinion to to do that with a male sneaker. So I think if I did ever add more sneakers that were male sneakers, they were all they would always be collabs. And who's to say maybe in the future the line would expand more to where I can bring on other partnerships and things that could be more like. Um, long-term where a whole line could come from that. But I, I don't think that I would be as hands-on as I am with, with the designs for the women.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I had to ask, I had to ask.
1: <laughs> no, that's a great question. I do get asked that a lot. A lot of men always say, where the men sneakers at? And I'm always like, well, the the born in the 80s, black-on-black retro trainers, that's a unisex sneaker. Mm-hmm. And then the Royal, it's a blue and white kind of pull up contemporary sneaker and that's the unisex and then the Cobra. So those are the only three sneakers on the line that are for men. And I do get that a lot. So it definitely it's a great question.
0: Cool. Very cool. So again, you have so many different styles and different materials that you work with.
1: How mm-hmm. do
0: you overcome creative blocks or you, or are you just one of those lucky people that, you know, that just bypasses you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so far, I would say I'm one of those lucky people. I, I think you yeah. can get the the gist of even just talking to me. Like I could talk on and on and on and on. And I think that kind of um, show itself in my creativity because I'm just like always thinking of something because I'm mm-hmm. so easily inspired by just a lot of different things. It could be something as simple as just like uh, the other day here where I live at it was like this great big blizzard but it was in the middle of the night first it was clear outside that particular day was like 43 degrees so I wasn't even expecting snow and I just kind of like woke up in the middle of the night and happened to glance outside and outside of my window is this great big tree and it had just snowed but this tree was so pretty because it was like Mm. this ice it was iced over, but it was like glimmering under the moonlight. And it was just so pretty that I, I know my neighbor's thought was like, what is this lady doing? Because it had to be like four or five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm just outside taking pictures of this tree because I was just like so in awe of how beautiful it looked. And I, I say that just to point out how easy it is to find inspiration in the littlest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how that particular thing will play out at some point in a design. But I'm always doing that, whether it's a song, a movie, a color or outfit. I'm always snapping pictures or writing something down just to kind of have a mental Rolodex. So, you know, I like that.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Are you a journaler? Because I, 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 I'm a creative person, too, and I, uh-huh. I feel like I get a lot of inspiration and so many times I have to write it down.
1: Yes, I am, and okay. it's funny that you uh, you picked up on that because I literally have to uh, throw things away sometimes because it, yes. it can turn into being a pack rat if you don't be careful. Yep. Because I have boxes of notebooks and journals that I just kept over the years because I'm yep. always writing down things, jotting ideas down, or. You know, I you, I could be in a grocery store and can overhear a conversation, just something that has nothing to do with me. And it's something about that conversation, a particular part that interests me. And I'm like, it'll spiral me into thinking about an idea for something. And I'll be yep. like, let me jot this down before I forget.
0: <laughs> so- yes. <laughs> The randomness. Yeah,
1: it is so random because I always find myself, like years later, I do this often as entertainment, just read through some of my journals. And it's always hilarious because it's like, what in the world? (laughs) Like, what is this? Or why did I even write this down? Or what what mindset was I in? So um, lately, I've been adding more notes to my notes just so that when I go back to them, I can kind of have an idea of my train of thought at that moment.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> so do you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about and want to share with the audience?
1: Sure. Well, there are projects that has been ongoing that I am hoping that it's bigger. Um, two of okay. those things is we talked a little bit about the nuances of European fashion and the sneaker industry, as well as the clothing apparel industry that a lot of people don't know about. And one of those things that I talk about often and want to start talking about even more so is the problem of fast fashion, right? Um, For those who are listening, if you don't know, fast fashion is a business model that a lot of newer brands use where they kind of crank out um, runway designs relatively quickly because they use um, a more cost-effective means of creating that design, whether it be Mm -hmm. in getting a um, lesser quality material or having it mass-produced. And from a consumer standpoint, it's awesome because, you know, whenever in history have we been able to, like, order all these clothes and it be less than $100, <laughs> you know? People
0: exactly. Are,
1: yeah, people are purchasing clothes at the rate that they purchase toiletry because it's so affordable and that's great, but there is an economic, well, or... Shall I say, an environmental effect on the environment negatively mm-hmm. through that? Because you have all of these waste materials now entering the ecosystem that never was an issue because people didn't used to buy clothing and footwear at that rate. They used to buy it sparingly. You know, people bought quality pieces and it would last for years, and the pieces would be so quality they can pass them down through generations. Well, fast fashion doesn't allow for that so people are throwing clothes away at a rate that they throw like you know paper products in the garbage so it's creating all these different effects in different countries and different places that are near waste um lands that we don't have to deal with in like major cities and it's kind of like tucked away um so i always like to talk about different things that that affects. And one of my ways of combating that was to do a ongoing national shoe drive where I partner with retail locations and they collect all kinds of footwear, not just sneakers to be able to be collected. And we do have a partner, Angel Benz, where they will come and pick it up and the shoes are clean, sorted, packaged, and then redistributed in Um, underserved communities in like South America and different Mm -hmm. places all across the world. Um, And that's a project that I've been working on for years now. And um, I talk about it not as often as I would like, because I don't get asked about it a lot, but I am looking for more retail partners to kind of join those efforts to kind of combat fast fashion. Because whether we like to talk about it or not, it is a huge problem. And it's going to become bigger as more and more companies churn out these kind of products.
0: Wow. That, that is amazing. Yes. You should definitely be talking about that even more. I didn't know that. That's yeah. very enlightening. And, and that's fantastic that you're a part of the solution instead of the Kind of problem that some folks may or may not even know is a problem so thank you for right. bringing it to our attention you know
1: yeah absolutely and it's actually kind of ties into um i even forgot about to mention that because earlier you asked me what kind of made me want to go the premium route and that yeah. is one of the reasons why I, I wanted to go um premium because contrary to what a lot of people think leather is sustainable And it is, um, you can upcycle leather and you can actually recycle leather. A lot of people don't know that. And it is slow fashion. What slow Hmm. fashion means is it's very sustainable. So there's not this high turnover. There's not, you're not going to purchase a pair of my sneakers. And then, you know, you know, of course you're going to purchase a lot because you like the design. Don't shoot
0: yourself in the foot there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when
1: it comes from um, an investment standpoint, though, it's it's high quality. So you're not going to, if you're, if you are buying sneakers, it's not going to be because of quality of the sneaker and you need new sneakers because, you know, they're ran down or something's wrong with them. It's definitely not going to be because of that. And then you can recycle them because like I was even showing on my socials, uh, the sneaker I mentioned earlier, the one that I, I mentioned as being one of my favorite. That was one of the first sneakers that I had made for myself. And I've had that pair for years and it still looks brand new. And I wear those all the time. So that just kind of speaks the volume of how when you have a product that is handcrafted and you're using premium materials, the longevity you're going to get out of that and how good they're going to look over time versus if you were to, you know, purchase uh, a pair of shoes from one of these places and you only pay $20 for it. I mean, can you imagine the horror stories about you know <laughs> yeah. how you try to keep something like that for a long time? And a lot of people, crazy enough, they do do that. People purchase kind of like these, these products that are made with um, lesser quality material, mass produced, so the attention to detail is not there, and they're buying these products as a keepsake item, and that that's mm-hmm. always been bizarre to me as well. Like, yeah, what are we doing as consumers?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point. You're, yeah, sometimes you you think about the fact that you want to bring home a memory from, mm-hmm. especially if you're on vacation, right? That's where I think a lot of that tends to take place, right? So, yeah. people don't necessarily think about that. That's a really good point. Good point.
1: Yeah, and it it's actually it's just a, a big problem to me all the way around. Even sure. when you think of it from an aspect of clothing and apparel, it, a, lot of, a lot of companies have manifested themselves in the past couple of years where you can just, you know, you can get a whole outfit for like less than $20 in some cases. And it's like, that's great. Cause I do understand we're in the middle of, you know, inflation is very high and a lot of people are strapped for cash, but, if you look at it where you know clothing and shoes is something you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of use out of it because you're gonna wear it often. So it's kind of backward thinking to think, okay, I'm purchasing this item at this price point because it's affordable. But then if you kind of factor in how many times do you have to buy that product over and over because it's low quality? Yeah. Like you you end up spending more than you would have you know, initially on a higher-end product.
0: Very true. Very, very true. So we are in 2023. We are quickly approaching second quarter. I I just, that blows my mind, right? So (laughs) it's just crazy. If you (laughs) had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why?
1: Progress. And that's just kind of like always been my personal mantra. I I always tell people, you know, slow progress is progress nonetheless. And I, I wanted to point that out because I think a lot of people, when they think about the word progress, they think it has to be like these monumental things happening every day when that's not how progress happens at all. It's the little things that happen every day. Even if you look at something like weight loss, you know, you're know you not gonna lose 100 pounds in a week. It's gonna be something yes. that you work on daily and those small endeavors are gonna add up to a big progress over time.
0: So true, I love that, love that. And the streak is alive because and what I mean by that is I asked that question to every guest on the show and for the past six years I have not had one word repeat mm, <laughs> fun good. fact that's just me I'm kind of like <laughs> ooh, how long can I keep this going it's kind of weird <laughs> um, I mean that's a long and that's a pretty long streak so
1: <laughs> but that just speaks to how um, you know I, I always tell people that I'm a non-performing, non-traditional business person. And what I mean by that is I consider myself to be trailblazing. Like, I don't like doing something that somebody else is already doing. So I think mm-hmm. the fact that that you're getting more and more people saying different things, is very, it's a kind of like a testament that people are becoming their own thinkers, which is awesome. You yeah. know, it, it used to be where people, you would get a lot of regurgitation of stuff you know, whether yes. it be a book somebody read or something they've seen on a show. And then it's like, you got a bunch of mini-meets of like Oprah or um, rich dad, poor dad <laughs> walking yes. around. And, you, you know, everybody's right yeah, quoting these things. And it's just like, we're all talking about the same thing. So I think that's great that you haven't had the same word in six years.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. And I never thought about it from that perspective because I really do, um Again, one woman show, I pretty much do everything. So I really do try to find guests that really resonate with my creativity, especially in the different aspects that I want to discuss, like self-improvement, beauty, fitness, all those different things. Mm -hmm. We're so multidimensional and you're so right on that. And I go out of my way to research different questions for that very reason, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear canned answers. (laughs)
1: right well, you know so- but,
0: like that's just as painful when you're sitting on the other end
1: and you're <laughs> right. like yeah i
0: heard that last week okay
1: <laughs> right so that's that's actually testament of how um great of a job you're doing with parading guests because that should show your mm-hmm. audience that we're bringing uh forward thinkers here on this show because if you were bringing people that were just kind of like running the bill you would Been heard the same word over
0: again. Yes, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Honestly, that is such a great point that you just brought up. Mm So thank you for that. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I just, ooh, all right. The streak continues. Not that it's a bad thing if it's broken, but it's just, (laughs) hey, it's gone for six years. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) It's awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So last but not least, what's the best piece of advice that you have for aspiring shoe designers?
1: Mm Mm-hmm do your own thing don't mm-hmm. I like I mentioned earlier I am a non-performing non-traditional business person yeah I I went to school for business that's what my degree is in and one of the things that was always a pet peeve of mine when I was trying to get into the workforce I was trying to get jobs and management and people would always say you're not this enough or you're not that or you're not mm-hmm. this and it would always upset me because I would be like how how do you know how someone would be in a job environment just because, you know, off of an initial meeting? And I I always hated that because I felt like there were just like these stigmas that came with being in business and management that I didn't agree with. Like, for example, I think when you come off as less aggressive, soft-spoken, a lot of times you're looked at as, oh, no, you wouldn't do good in business because, you know, you got to be hard-nosed, you got to be aggressive. And it's just like, that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. I've always just developed this personality or uh, idea towards that to say, don't I know in business, especially when it comes to starting a business, and this ties into what you're saying, because as aspiring shoe designer, you're gonna get this a lot. People are always gonna tell you, find a company that's doing something well and replicate it. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Like, yeah. are you in a creative space do you really think that that's good advice like no don't find somebody that's doing something you could be inspired by somebody that's totally different but I definitely don't recommend that you do what they're doing I think that you should do what speaks to you because your perspective is something that is only unique to you you know the the way you were brought up the experiences you had the things and the people you were around all of those factors are going to come into fruition when it comes to creating something and that's a perspective only you can have because only you had your life so don't ever bottle let somebody make you bottle that in and kind of suppress that and kind of you know try to replicate what somebody else is doing because I think that's when you start getting those redundant designs or, you know, things that look similar in the market. And it's just like, come on. Like you, I mean, if you're if you just tap into your own creativity, there's no way you're going to create something that looks similar to somebody else's because it's going to be unique to your life. Yeah. So my advice to aspiring shoe designers is just do what, do what only you can authentically create don't ever let anybody try to make you be like somebody else or do something somebody else is doing an example of that when I first came into this industry a lot of people would always say um you I don't think your brand is going to do good look at you know a brand like Nike they've been around for years and people are diehard Nike fans and if you're not making shoes that are like that it's not going to be successful but I'm just like okay but who said that I'm trying to do what Nike has done already
0: exactly yeah
1: so just just be authentically you and let that show through your designs and don't let anybody deter you from that
0: fantastic fantastic well Jay Marie I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure the audience has well in the event that they want to connect with you how can they go about doing so
1: Absolutely. So you can find out all things J. Marie by visiting the website at www.jmareepremiumsneakers.com. Make sure that you join our mailing list because you can get $30 off of your first purchase and get access to an ongoing sale where you can get steep, steep discounts on all of your favorites. Again, that's sneakers.com.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Jay Marie, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with the audience. Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle & Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, you risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.